The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bench with Bubba, continuing our season previews team by team, all 30 teams around baseball to get you ready for the 2023 fantasy baseball season. We head to the Northeast, to the AL East, to the Boston Red Sox, a fun team, especially from the outside looking in. Um, some fans uh, might think it's a little different from if you watch Twitter, it can go ablaze on certain situations, but um, it's a fun team and there's still a lot of fantasy relevance to this team. So I have a special guest joining me for the first time on Bench with Bubba. I'm very happy to have her on the show. You can find her work at NBC Sports Edge, Baseball HQ. She kicked my butt and others in Tout Daily this past year. Uh, she's just very, very good at all this stuff. I've had the pleasure to meet her a couple times in Arizona. And you can find her on Twitter at Shelly V underscore 643. Shelly Verstraight, how are we doing? I'm doing fine, Bubba. How, how, how was your weekend? Like, how, how, how are things? Things are good. Things are good. Um, yeah. Weekend, I just hung out with the, my daughter and just, you know, played in the I mud because it's what we have out here right now. And <laughs> uh, she loves it. You know, she's two and a half and go gets dirty and the dad gets to clean everything up. So she's, she's good. So um, it was fun. Yeah. yeah. How about you? How are things in, in Shelly's world? Um, it's, it's, it's pretty good. Um, I just started my first DC this weekend. Nice. So I think we're through like the eighth round so far. Um, so I'm just, you know, just slowly ramping up into, uh, you know, the whole fantasy draft season. So, it's, yeah. It's fun. It, it is it is upon us, as they say. So yeah. uh, it came quick, too. It felt like the season oh, was yes. just, we were in Arizona, the World Series was going on. And now it's just like, ah, we're already here. And yeah. you'll be going to Florida soon for F applause, we were calling it, or whatever they're going to call it this year. <laughs> and uh it's uh it's it's fun to, to know there's always something going on these days because i know like yeah you, you and i kind of started around the same time it feels like it's been a while and yeah. it, it felt at first it felt like there was like a good gap kind of between seasons like you definitely had some serious downtime where now it's just kind of like 
something all the time. It feels something like. all the time. It's yeah. mock draft. It's yeah. come on this podcast to talk about, yeah. you know, this transaction, this and that yeah. and that. Yeah. It's always something good, bad, or indifferent. There's always something going on. <laughs> exactly. And uh, it makes it fun. But um, why don't you let everybody know like what you have going on and everything before we get into this Red Sox talk? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm currently writing uh, for two places. Um, I'm doing a little bit over um, on Baseball HQ, doing a lot of like uh, minor league call-ups and stuff like that. Uh, so that's my prospect stuff. Um, and then I'm also doing some things for NBC Sports Edge. Um, I do a weekly in-season dynasty article and then you know help on you know game recaps and new shifts and stuff like that awesome yeah i know uh, the nbc sports edge uh i always want to call it roto world and all that yeah. stuff it's uh <laughs> like it's, it's one of the best like going for news sources game recap spots out there still to this day like them and like kind of roto wires where you go for yeah. a lot of that info so uh, it's good to see that you're, you're helping out with that and I'm bringing your knowledge to that. So look forward to reading that again this season. Um, Red Sox. Let's talk Red Sox. And I kind of made a joke about it. And you chuckled because you know what I'm talking about. It was like the world is ending at certain times this offseason based on situations. So we'll we'll talk about these players. and Let's just kick it off with the fun. Let's talk Rafael Devers. At least you got one of the guys to stick around. They, they paid they pay <laughs> one of one of the assets to stick around. He got paid and he deserves it. He, he got his yeah, money. Yeah. So that's That's great to see. He's an elite third baseman. I don't have a ton to add. He's as consistent as they come. What are your thoughts on 2023? You know, he's got paid now. Some people get, you know, fat and happy, as they say. I don't see that being him. But yeah. um, how, do, how do you foresee Devers in 2023? Um, honestly, um, from a fantasy baseball standpoint, I don't see anything that's really going to change from based just on his talent level. I mean, he's still going to hit 30 home runs. He might chip in, like, a few steals probably hit around what 270 kind of something like that the only thing that really does that kind of has put me like pushed him down uh past Manny Machado for me because prior to the whole craziness of this crappy offseason for a Red Sox fan um you know I had him going ahead of Manny Machado but now with all of the turmoil I've kind of put him back a bit because I don't think that the um, runs in RBI is going to be where it has been the past couple of seasons. I'm with you. That, that's a big concern I have. That's where I've kind of been stuck on uh, Devers for, for recent years. It just seemed like he was just automatic, you know, late first round, maybe early second round, whatever. Yep. And he just, just slot him in for his power and his average. He's going to drive in runs, but like, Who's he driving in right now? That's kind of the the, the concern. Exactly. And, and trust me, I'm not making fun of the Red Sox because they have a Giants fan. Our offseason, not good. So, like, <laughs> it's really sucked over here. Yep. Um, but so I, I get it. I just say, like, like I want to root for Devers. Like, I've always had a soft spot for the Red Sox. I played ball with Pedroia. I grew up with Pedroia. So, like, I, I like the Red Sox. Yeah. It's, so it's kind of, like, frustrating to see it from a distance. Because, man, you had all these pieces. And you had this great talent like Devers. So I'm glad he got paid. Yeah. But it's like is he going to get to utilize all the talents now, like at least for a year or two, because like, they'll figure it out eventually, but yeah. uh, we'll see how that goes. It, I am. It is interesting hearing you say above Machado. Cause I don't disagree with you at all. Not many people have come out and said that. So I'm glad you said it because I think it's a lot closer. If not the switch like you made, than people want to give it credit for when you look at like draft boards and everything, it's definitely uh, a big difference. Especially you look at the loaded San Diego team. It's crazy now. Unbelievable. Uh, let's talk Trevor's story when this is, won't be long, obviously, uh, but I just wanted to get your two cents because it's so weird. And I hear different things from different Red Sox fans that are paying much more attention to it than I am, because honestly, from the outside looking in, I thought, you know, he was in the offseason. We're good. And obviously most did. He's tweaked it in his throwing program and yep. it's a, they said surgery, surgery. 
But then he comes out this past weekend, and I don't know, it was Red Sox Fest or whatever they call it, and yeah. he says he expects to play this year, where like a week ago, Bloom and Company said they don't expect him to play this year. So you can be optimistic, pessimistic, I don't care. How do you foresee like Trevor's story this year? Is he even worth taking a chance on, or is it just like, you know what, let it go? Um, I, I'm not, I'm not drafting him whatsoever. I mean, maybe, maybe in a DC, but you know, he says that he's going to play, but he didn't say where he was going to play. True. He could be in like, you know, just doing like some rehab games, but I I really think that's just like the player that he is. He thinks that he's going to be ready. I just don't think that he's going to be ready. Um, I mean, I was really looking for a bounce back season this year. So this is like a humongous bummer from, you know, from, you know, the fantasy manager side and the fan side. Yeah. Double whammy. I'm 100% with you. I was all in on the bounce back. I drafted him in my gladiator leagues. That's fun. Oh, Put those up in flames already. So that's good. <laughs> uh, I was all about that. And uh, yeah, it didn't play so well. But you, you made a great point there is the player always thinks they're going to play. They yeah. always do. Like, exactly. so that's a great point you made. Like, I didn't even think of it that way. I just thought, you know, he's probably just saying something to make the fans feel good. No, the player does think they're going to play. They don't yeah. think they're getting held back. So that's a very good point. But yeah, I'm, I'm out for now as well. That's uh, a shame. Uh, one of the other new acquisitions for the Boston Red Sox this season is Masataka Yoshida. I think I got close to getting that right. You got it uh, right. There we go. It only took me like 14 times, but we're there. Um, <laughs> he's, you know, he's an OBP machine. Uh, I've talked to Tim McLeod uh, briefly about him. Like that stuff's good. A little bit of power and whatnot. What are you hearing or seeing out of Boston? Because he should be your leadoff batter, which means there should be some production, there, especially if Devers hits third. There's something there. Yeah. I honestly, I really don't know what to expect um um i mean i i totally agree with tim and i you know as we all do we do always default to tim when it comes to you know any of these asian players um yeah he has like a he gets on base he really does but he from everything that i'm hearing i think it's just maybe andrew benintendi with like a little bit more pop okay um but I just, I don't know. I'm still kind of skittish because when, I think it was like when he was announced, you know, like assigned the contract with the team and they had like team, you know, um, thing where they introduced him and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like um, a couple of the um, reporters like asked him like, oh yeah, you know, it's like looking like you're going to be the leadoff hitter. And he says, oh, I've never really done, I've never been a leadoff hitter. I don't know if I can do it. I'll try my best, but I don't know if I can do it. And that just scares me because I've heard the same thing from Benintendi and Alex Verdugo. And they've tried it. It didn't work. And then they moved them. So that is why I'm just like, I just want to see it first. And that, folks, is why I do these podcasts. Because, wow, <laughs> I did not know that nugget. Because I'm sitting there like, and it, then you said, said the next thing right behind him. I'm like, well, Benintendi, Verdugo. Wait, that didn't work at leadoff either. Like, that did not work at all. <laughs> like, you started saying that. I was like, oh, wow. So to hear... Yoshida flat out say that is not great. Wow. Yeah, it it made it really just was a really ma- massive gut punch because I'm like, oh yeah, this guy, good OBP. Yeah, it's gonna work. And yeah. then he said, I don't know. This just like, oh, okay, you're uncertain. I'm definitely very concerned. Wow. That's yeah, because you think like the OBP skills, he's on paper, you think perfect leadoff hitter. Great. Sure. We're good. Like that just makes all the sense in the world. But to hear the personality, because like they make they make comments, you know, certain guys aren't meant to DH because they're just the mentality, like you know, different yeah. spots in the lineup. Talk about closers; they're not, you know, some can be great in the eighth inning, they won't be great in the ninth. Like it's just a mentality yeah. thing. And so leading off, that is really interesting, especially because you know the old joke playing baseball is we well, only lead off once, 
technically yeah. unless unless you know things get weird but it's yeah. still the spot in the order the guy's hitting behind you and the, the whole process which makes kind of sense to what he's saying it's definitely something to monitor comes free training that is definitely did, did not know didn't even hear that quote that is interesting because he's got like an adp of like 245 which is you know interesting that's not great not bad but wow to hear that and then the, the another philosophy of the the red Sox. that's um yeah definitely something to keep an eye on yeah um let's go to another one they see they they made you know signings this year, so this is good. Uh, Justin Turner coming over, he you know can still play third base from time to time. Problem is, well, not problem. They have a third baseman, so they're good there. But he can DH. He's going to take JD Martinez's role for the most part. Uh, we know Turner, really quality professional hitter. That's like yeah. the nicest way I can put it. Um, it's just a matter of staying on the field, and he's been doing better at that. And DHing could help with that. Yeah. So what's the um, you know the word out of Boston or for your thoughts on him for fantasy this year? Because he's coming at a great draft price if if you're willing to take a chance. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with, like, Turner. For, like, the past couple of seasons, like, he he would always be there. He would be, like, like right after, like, Josh Donaldson or something, you know, like, that last third baseman that you could get that you could, like, really rely on, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, kind of, like, from what I'm hearing is, yeah, he's definitely going to be the DH guy, and he's totally, he's totally fine with that. And I think that he's going to do uh, – Honestly, maybe from like a power standpoint, better than JD last year. Um, just as long as he can stay on the field. Um, you know, he I could see him definitely racking up doubles off the green monster and stuff like that. I just, you know, again, I worry about his health, but I, I was really excited that, you know, they signed him when they did. Cause I'm like, at least we had something. Cause that was like right before the Devers extension and stuff like that. Yeah, at worst, it gave you a kind of a backup plan at third base for the season or something. And um, what I like yeah. about it from like a baseball standpoint, especially for a team like the Red Sox, who rebuilding is not the right word, but they're kind of like retooling and kind of re yeah. like they're like they're not on the full rebuild, but might be like a year or two before they kind of get it back. Turner's the perfect kind of transition. He's the veteran guy on the clubhouse. He's a guy that can do it for another year or two and kind of hold the spot and still keep you in games. Like he's he's yeah. good for the team. And he will have some fancy relevance, like you said. So I thought it was a great signing. Like I know he was even rumored to come to the Giants at one point when Long- when Longo left. That would have fit perfectly in there too. So yeah. I think it's a really good move. I think he'll, I think Boston, the people in Boston, are gonna love him. Um, oh so yeah, yeah. He's gonna fit in perfectly there, and uh, yeah, really, really good move all around for the Red Sox on that one. The aforementioned Alex Verdugo, who does not like to hit leadoff, apparently, um, is projected <laughs> to hit fifth this year, which may play better for him. Um, it's been weird with Verdugo. It's like there's always big time optimism. Like, you know, as a prospect person, there was high, high hopes it felt like at times for him. He's an OBP guy, but we really haven't seen it all come together. Or is this just who he is? What are your thoughts on him for 2023? Um, I mean, I think this is kind of who he is, but he did have a better like second half uh last year. Um, but then I did find out like this little bitty nugget um this weekend um from his brother on Twitter. Um, like he was like talking like back and forth with like uh, fans. Apparently, Verdugo was dealing with like a broken toe for most of the year. Oh wow! Um, so it's like, oh, so he was you know playing hurt. So you know maybe, um, maybe he will be kind of uh, maybe he'll be more of a consistent hitter next year. Um, and his brother did say that he's totally fine now and he's working out in Arizona and stuff like that. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. 
don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Um, But I mean, I think that Verdugo is kind of like is who he is. Like, you know, between 15 and 20 home runs, good average uh, not too many swipes, you know, just kind of who he is. But I think that he's going to have a slightly better uh, power output this year. Yeah, the foot could make a big part of that. That's crazy. 152 games with a broken toe. Uh, I'm not, yeah. not sure how many games he was, but still, regardless, that'll definitely zap your power because your plant foot, your twist, whatever. Yeah. So that's uh, the little nuggets that we don't know throughout a season that uh, really yeah. surprise you in the end game going, maybe I wasn't wrong on a certain player. It just, mm-hmm. uh, they're not telling us everything and they don't have to. That's the beauty of it. But yep. it uh, always makes you kind of chuckle. And he always makes me chuckle going, huh, okay, that makes more sense. Um, now, the shiny new toy potentially in Boston is Tristan Cassis. And we got a, like a, a treat to him last year, a little bit of, of him. But looks like it's going to be his job at first base to start the season and assuming he does well, run with it. Uh, we know this guy's got crazy power, the skills are great. What are your expectations for Cassis in 2023? Because uh, he could be one of those potentially kind of later round first baseman you could target. Yeah, um, I, I'm really excited about Cassis. Um, I was really hoping to see him play this winter um, down in, I think he was playing in the Puerto Rican League. It was either the Puerto Rican League or the Dominican League. I can't remember which one. Um, but he didn't play because it was a knee. He's dealing with a knee injury and he kind of dealt with a, I think an ankle last year in the minors and stuff like that. So, you know, at the beginning of, you know, the winter, I was kind of nervous cause I'm like Eric Hosmer's there where, you know, he's yep. dealing with injuries. Maybe he'll start the season down in AAA, but then Eric Hosmer left and everyone cheered. Um, and then it came out this weekend that he has lost about 10 to 15 pounds, but he wanted to lose that weight because he says that he feels much better being at that smaller weight. He looks much better. He was, you know, jumping around and having a, a lot of good time with like the fans and stuff. So I think he really, really wants to be here. And I, from, you know, just a talent standpoint, this guy has massive like raw power. And I mean, I, I, I don't know if it will be this year, but I could definitely see him hitting 30 home runs. But I guess maybe for this year, I'd put it between 20 and 25. Uh, good OBP, kind of iffy on the average. I want to see it just a little bit more in the majors before I, you know, give him a, you know, a grade of a, you know, above average from a, above average grade for batting average. But I think that he's going to be, it's going to be a big year for him, I think. Yeah, he's got an ADP of 240, so he's one of those guys, if you're willing to take a chance on waiting on first base or even corner infield, like there's some crazy power if it, if it all clicks, which, um, you know, we said that with Bobby Dahl back before, but I think Casas, we can all maybe admit a little bit better talented prospect yeah. on the grand scheme of things. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, 
I'm intrigued. I'm rooting for him because like it's one of those things I said they're not really rebuilding. If he clicks this year, that just jumps things even faster for yep. the whole process. That's kind of what they're shooting on in that scenario. Uh, Enrique Hernandez is back with Boston. He was already coming back, but he's going to play shortstop for now, <laughs> which makes things interesting. He's a, you know supposed to hit the top of the order. Missed a lot of time last year due to injury, so he didn't really get the full uh, Enrique season here. But um, what's your expectations this year? Because I don't know. I personally like him better maybe in the outfield than at shortstop, yeah. but that's where we're at right now with Boston. So how are you you're in, in, in evaluating Enrique Hernandez? Uh, yeah, I mean, personally, um, I would rather have him either at second base or in the outfield. Um, I, I don't know how it's going to go at shortstop, but yeah, that's what we got. Um, but from a fantasy standpoint, I think that he's definitely going to be better than last year. I mean, because he was dealing with all these injuries and stuff. But I don't think that he's going to be as good as he was back in 2021, where he actually hit pretty well. Um, I just think that he's just going to be okay. But he's going to get shortstop eligibility. So he'll have outfield and shortstop within like 10 games into the season, which is like really nice. Um, So, but it's kind of like a MI situation, I think, um, and move out and, you know, you can push him out into the outfield if, injuries crap up during the season yeah the the part about gaining the eligibility is tremendous like i said mi outfield option pick 370 great for a dc like that's yeah. really really nice to have for a dc deeper leagues won't, won't be too bad either it's just uh if he can stay healthy we know the power is there so it's enticing uh at, just from a, a side question um do you hope that the red Sox aren't done and maybe get someone else at shortstop like the second story i heard i said go sign elvis andrus like it makes sense to me yep. um it seems like they're content with this though to give you know duran a chance and we'll get to arroyo and company here we'll get to both of them but it seems like this is what they want to go to camp with but are you hoping or maybe you've heard something that might be a little different i, I really do hope that they sign um andrus because outside of uh hernandez arroyo and maybe Duran because he used to play on the infield dirt. There is like really, well, there's one guy in the, in the, um, in the minors, um, but he's not, he's not really a shortstop. So we don't have any depth at shortstop and that is what scares me to death. So yes, I really hope that they go sign someone and I really hope that it's Andrews. Yeah. Cause I'm, well, we'll get to your prospects later. We got your top prospects about a year away. It looks like. So um, yeah, <laughs> yeah just, just Andrus one year deal, call it good. That seems like yep. a, a plan right there. Um, Christian Royal. This is one I really want to get you. Cause like I'm an outsider looking at it and I love Christian Royal, former giants prospect, but that's not why I love the developments he's made at a, as a hitter. He's always, you know, as a prospect with the giants, he was a, a pure hitter, as they said, like a really good hitter. Never really got the full playing time, and then he kind of started getting it, getting it. And last year with Boston, he played 87 games, most he's had in any one season, and it kind of started to show. Like, we really started to see things. Doesn't strike out a ton. Average, little power, little speed. Now he gets the job. Um, am I over excited about Arroyo from, like, what you see as watching the Red Sox pretty much every game, or is there some decent optimism for a guy you get almost free come draft day? Um, I semi-agree with you. Um, you can shoot me down. It's okay. It does not matter. <laughs> I want, I want, if, if I'm wrong, I want to know. <laughs> no, no, I, I really love Arroyo. And what I really do think if he does blossom this year, it's because he's going to be stuck at second base. He, they're not going to be moving him around to like first base and right field and second base and playing all over the place. So 
if he plays every day at one position, I think that's really going to be good for him because when he started to get more reps, he started to become, I could see him being, I, I, you know, when I'm watching the games every night, it's like when he would come up to the plate, like early in the season, I'm like, okay, well, here's another out kind of thing. But as the season went on, I would pay more attention to his at-bats because I actually felt that he would do something. So, yeah, I – so that's why I semi-agree with you. I don't know, like, how much it's really going to be. I mean, maybe double-digit home runs and maybe a swipe or two. Decent average. So, again, a good late MI because second base is kind of sketchy. And then a good DC play. So he's going to get the run um, just as long as he stays healthy. Yeah, I love the DC angle. I wrote him up in a late round DC target article. He's almost um, he's going where is he at right now? ADP of like four seventy five. Oh, that's perfect. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll take my chances there. <laughs> if like yes. something clicks at four seventy five, I'm in. At worst, he gets you at bats, which you know we've heard it everywhere we've gone. Shelly, every conference in Arizona talked about at bats, at bats, at bats. So yep. he's going to get him. Um, one uh, gentleman I forgot to put on here because I made this outline before the signing took place. The Red Sox signed Adam Duvall to play center field, which <laughs> I don't know about you. Doesn't make me feel warm and fuzzy, but that's the hand again, the hand they're dealt. We know the power. He's going to love the green monster, I'd imagine. But yeah. what's your kind of outlook on Adam Duvall? He's another guy going around 475 in drafts right now. Um, From a fantasy manager standpoint, I love this because uh, I think – I mean, I'm getting the Hunter Renfro vibes from him, like uh, where he's going to have plenty of power. Um, uh, The average is going to be what it is. But I mean, if he hits, you know, 30, 35 bombs, I mean, even with the diminished lineup, I mean, you still have Devers, Turnover, Dugo, Yoshida to drive in, right? So there could be plenty of RBIs. Um, I mean, he he was, he finished what was, when he was with them with, with the, with the Marlins, him and Jesus Aguilar, like finished like one, two for the ties for NL RBIs, something like that. Yeah. He so had it's like 113 RBIs. Yeah. So it's even like, if he can get 113 RBIs on the Marlins, I think if he can come back from, I think it was like an ankle or wrist injury this year, he could, he could still smash. So I, I like this from a fantasy manager standpoint, but, um, from a real life standpoint, him in center field scares me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds sketchy to me. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, offensively, fantasy wise, pretty pretty fun. I did have Jaron Duran on the list because originally he was going to be the center fielder before Duval showed up. And it's like it's that player that every team has one where it's like, okay, this is the year. But this is the year because um, we've seen the talent. It just hasn't blossomed the way we'd like to see it yeah. in the bigs. Are you holding out any optimism for Duran going to, to into this season? You know, potentially a fourth outfielder or gets a shot when you know somebody gets hurt or something. There's still a part of me um, that still has like the slightest little hope, but he was just atrocious last year. Um, I think that he gets in his head too much, and I think that that's his biggest problem from either a defensive standpoint when he's doing poorly in the field when he's poor doing poorly um at the plate i think he gets in his head and then he overthinks and then it just things spiral so i don't think the only time the only way he's going to get everyday run is if someone gets hurt which will happen and i hope that you know he can do something with it outside of a dc i'm just like i'll just watch and see 
it's tricky. Uh, and then they just signed Jorge Alfaro. The catcher situation is kind of messy in uh, Boston. Or McGuire or Alfaro, is anybody worth rostering except in the deepest of two catcher leagues possibly? Oh, yeah, not really. I mean, yeah. honestly, if I had to put my money on it, I'd put my money on Alfaro. Yep. Uh, just because like last year, it just always seems that he came up big for the Padres where I was watching like late San Diego's games. He would mm-hmm. always like hit that big double or home run or something. And I just don't like Reese McGuire. So yeah, I don't blame you at all. <laughs> don't, don't blame me one bit. Yeah. Um, I think we hit on most of the hitters here, like Dahlbeck's there. There's maybe a few others. Anybody worth discussing for fantasy for 2023? Uh, no, I think hitter wise without prospect stuff. That's pretty much it. All right, let's go to the mound, and we'll start with Chris Sale, who it's, man, it's been a a roller coaster of emotions with uh, being a Chris Sale fan, fantasy or not fantasy. It's just been one of those things. Talents, we know the talent's great. He's been battling injuries, but the recent news has been optimistic, I'd say. He's healthy. Mm -hmm. He's throwing well. He's talked about how he's basically, like, he was making amends, it felt like, at Boston, at Red Sox Fest. Like, I screwed up. The fans deserve better. That was good for me to hear, and I'm not even a Red Sox fan. I'm like, Okay, he's maturing maybe. Like this yeah. is like, hey, get it together. <laughs> um, what's your kind of outlook for 2023? Because, you know, maturing is one thing, being healthy is another. So what are your thoughts there? I mean, I definitely think that he's obviously he's going to get like, the opening start. So he's technically like the ace of, of the staff. And I really do think um, that he's going to have, you know, a bounce back season. Is it going to be like vintage Chris Sale before all of the injuries? No. But again, it's still Chris Sale, and I just cannot wait to watch that nasty slider just strike out like all the batters again. Um, so I think that he would be a fine number two or early number three starter, um, you know, in like a 15-team, um, you know, mixed league uh, draft. Um, it, I, you know, if you really wanted to risk it, you know, taking him as your number two starter, it could really pan out well. And I just, I, I think that he's determined, just like you said, um, you know, over the weekend, he, he, he really did feel like really bad. He's like, no, I, I got you. I, I'm, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. So I, yeah, I, I loved what I heard as well. Yeah, it was good to see because like you saw it way more than I did, and I'm like I, I'm a baseball fan before I'm a fantasy fan, like player. Like that's yeah, just yeah. what I like. And when you see a talent like that, kind of just felt like just dwindle it away on Beans to knucklehead, as Ian Con would say. Like he just literally yeah. was. And to hear him say that, it's like we all make mistakes. Maturity is a big thing, and you could see what is yeah. it, 33, so he's still young. Like he's he's starting yeah. to kind of maybe realize, hey, I kind of screwed up. Let's let's fix this now. And yeah. you know, people get second chances, so that's that's a good thing to see it, it come together. Uh, Corey Kluber, veteran, coming into the locker room. I, I saw a funny tweet when he signed with Boston. It was like Corey Kluber's uh, before retirement goal is to hit the bingo of every AL East team before he finishes or something, and <laughs> he's almost there now. I'm like, that's that's pretty good. That's once in a while Twitter can come through. Um, <laughs> but Kluber coming there, it's like we know who Kluber is. It's a matter of can he go deep enough into games? Strikeouts aren't his thing, but overall, he's not going to crush your team. But he's probably not going to, you know, be a Cy Young winner again. So, what are your thoughts on Corey Kluber for twenty twenty three? Um, honestly, he's just like one of those late inning eaters types. Um, I honestly, if he was like on a better team, I would feel a little bit better about it. I just don't know where like the wins are going to be because if he's going to be like that five innings, five and a third, five and two thirds innings, maybe not even getting to five innings. Like, where were the wins going to be? And if he was, like, on a better, more 
a team that I thought could win more, I'd be like a little bit more interested. But with Boston kind of being topsy-turvy, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, you know, maybe take a flyer, but I, I'm kind of scared, to be honest. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. I've heard, I've heard both sides of the story. I'm more on your side of the story there, just because I like to try to draft uh, pitchers with strikeout upside. Yeah. Uh, Kluber doesn't have that anymore. Really. No, no, no. <laughs> so it's uh, it, it makes it a little trickier. Like, if I'm going to live in AL East and, and hope I don't strike guys out, but get guys out, that's a that's a tough one. Tough one to live with. Yeah. Um. Now a guy that does strike guys out, but also gives up a lot of home runs, <laughs> that is Nick Pavetta. So he is literally like the the Jekyll to the Hyde of this situation here. Um, the one good thing I would say is made over 30 starts and back to back years. So he's got reliability yep. there, but the ratios are still troublesome. Is he uh, in anybody of interest for you in 2023? Um, Slight, slight interest because there was, there will always be like three weeks, a month, a month and a half stretch where he is just lights out and everyone's like, is this it? Is this yep. where Pavetta is? Is this where it busts out? And then he'll have like three back-to-back starts where he gives up like three homers in each game, and then your ratios just go to trash. So it's the same roller coaster. It's just where you just hope that you ride the high and you don't, you know, hit the low. I see you've rode the the Pavetta train with me. So this is oh, yes. <laughs> we, we've all been on this ride, yes. and that's why, like in DCs, he's got an ADP over like like four hundred five, and I've grabbed a couple of shares because i'm like okay it's in a dc he's gonna get 30 plus starts he's gonna strike out a ton of batters yeah now can i just pick the right spots exactly because <laughs> you know it's not pretty but as like a depth depth piece interesting like in a redraft fab league probably leave him for the waiver wire exactly but, uh, yeah that's you summed it up perfectly there it is a roller coaster of emotions with uh <laughs> nick pavetta in so many ways because we, we do that every year is it happening is it happening with nick pavetta no no it's not no happening. nope no it's not um, we could say the same for this guy, uh, James Paxton. Uh, we've seen no hitters from Paxton. This guy is amazing when he's on, but the question is, when's he going to be on again? Because injuries have really derailed what looked like a pretty solid career. Um, it didn't work out in New York. Tried to make a comeback in Seattle. That didn't last long. Uh, now he's in Boston. I don't know. It's tough for me to get optimistic here, but maybe you're hearing something else in Boston with James Paxton. No, I, I'm. I'm not hearing much either. Um, um, I, I And I don't really even know what to expect because we haven't seen him in years. Yeah. But because there is like no depth in this rotation, he's going to get plenty of run. I just don't know how good of a runner technically he's going to be anymore. And honestly, even in DCs, I'm, I'm too scared. I'm way too scared because I have no, you, no one. No one knows his velocity. Nothing. We have no idea. And it just scares me way too much. 100% with you. It's like in DCs, I don't mind taking late chances. That's kind of what you do in DCs. But like Paxton, we have nothing. Like I'd rather take a chance on some prospect that, you know, might come up in yeah. August or something. Like exactly. at least I know what we're getting in that scenario. Yep. Like it's just it, Paxton was so good. It's a shame. It's a real shame yeah. to see that one kind of fall apart. Like, I'll still never forget the uh, the gift that's out there of an eagle landing on him in the outfield. <laughs> like he's just such a goofy guy, but fun guy. Just uh, good yeah. stuff. Um, Garrett Woodlock is penciled in as your fifth starter. Again, there's going to be some flexibility in this rotation throughout the year, but we've seen a lot of goods, some questionable, but overall lots of goods from Garrett Woodlock. Um, you know, 78 innings pitched in the bigs last year and triple a, you know, a couple rehab innings. So we really still haven't seen like a big workload from Garrett Whitlock. So what are we expecting in 2023? Cause I think that's maybe the biggest concern is how many innings do we get from him? 
Yeah. Um, and that I really don't know. I mean, they, they, the team has told Whitlock and Hauk to come into camp as starters. And that scares me because they did that last year and it just, just didn't go well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think Whitlock is definitely the better pitcher of the two. I think Hauk is going to be a really nasty reliever. But from from a starting standpoint for Whitlock, I just, like you said, I don't know how many innings he's going to get. I mean, does he even get to 100? I have no idea. And he came, he's coming off hip surgery. I mean, he's throwing fine. He says his hip feels great. He feels fantastic. It's just like, okay, you know, he's, what, 25? And he's already had to have, like, a little hip, you know, surgery kind of thing. So, I don't I, – I don't know. DCs, yes. And then, you know, in, you know, you redraft leagues, uh, maybe good matchups. I'll, I'll take a gamble there, but uh, I, I just don't know what to get. Yeah. I'm with you again. Uh, I didn't put on the outline, but let's talk Brian Bale for a minute because he's going to get his chances throughout this year as well. We saw him come onto the burst onto the scene last year, came out of the minors. Expectations are higher than the results. But what I loved about him was when he got sent back down and he came back, it looked more like the Brian Bale we were yes. hoping for the first time around, which is what happens with young pitchers. It happens. That's what they do. Like, that's a good thing to see. Yeah. Um, I saw, I was talking to Corbin Young on Twitter yesterday or something, and um, he put out a tweet, like this good stuff he always puts out. And yeah. um, I commented on it that I saw a video with Bayo and Pedro Martinez working together in like the Dominican or something this, this year and doing bullpens together. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, that can't stink. Um, yep. So uh, what's your thoughts on Bayo? Cause for me, like when you start talking about the bottom of this rotation, that's the guy I want personally. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I am so ecstatic, ecstatic about Bayo. Um, I've been a fan of his for a while. Um, and then, like you said, like he's, he's been working with Pedro. I'm like, okay, yeah, keep, keep doing that. And I mean, he, what I really liked about one him, he came up, he stunk, but when he was on the mound and when things were like, like going crazy, he was like that little dog in the gif. He's like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. Like he was like, totally cool. Even if things were going crazy, he wasn't getting flustered. He went back down, worked, came back, and looked great. And now he's working with Pedro. Yes. Out of the guys that we have here, the only guy I would take before him would be Sale. And then I'm definitely – I think Bayo is going to have a huge year this year. Well, we better not draft together. That's all I have to say. I have (laughs) – like, Bayo is one of my my targets – everywhere like, yeah. i'm very very high on him and i like how roster resources even have him in the rotation because yeah. some people get like just you know oh he's not there blah blah blah. no he's gonna be there don't you worry yep. <laughs> um so I, i'm a big big like he might not start the year for some weird reason but we already said whitlock won't go that many innings what's paxton gonna do like if there's gonna be an opening pretty quick it seems yep. like in that rotation so works perfect in that scenario any other starting pitchers? Because, again, like we know Tanner Houck you mentioned, but I agree he seems much better for that kind of high-leverage bullpen maybe two-inning role. It seems really good for him. Anybody else that we're missing right now, or is there maybe another piece still to come in free agency or something? Um, I, I don't know. I think this is what we're going to get, sadly. <laughs> yeah. uh, it yeah. happens. No. Okay. Yeah. Um, they did acquire Kenley Johnson via free agency, which, looking back on it, interesting move. But um, – it does shore up the back of the bullpen. It had a bunch of question marks to it, like Chris Martin's good and Schreiber's got talent. And, you know, Barnes is Barnes, but Kenley does bring an ace closer there. 
anything else in that bullpen that we should you know pay attention to is Cutter Crawford, a guy that we might see more of this year who started out great and then the league figured him out, it seemed like. Um, what, what are we looking at in the bullpen? Um, I, I mean, I definitely think it's going to be Kenley. Um, and then the guy who I was like really looking towards uh, before they signed Kenley was John Schreiber. Like I thought he was like absolutely, you know, nails last year. Um, but unless Kenley gets hurt, there's really no one there who's really going to get saves. Um, yeah. yeah. So Schreiber could be, if you're feeling real frisky in a DC late, late pick. Because yep. the thing is with Kenley, he's amazing. He's going to get his 30 something saves. He does go on the IL like time True. to time. There will be yep. a stint where Shriver will probably have some value for sure. Yep. All right. I told you before the show, and I'm just not news to anybody. Shelly knows her prospects. So this is the fun, fun part here is each each team on the show, we ask what prospects might have some relevance this year or even deeper if you're feeling frisky. Um, so what are you seeing with Boston that we might see this year? Because that's the one good thing is I've done some of these teams, you know, like the, the Astros and, and the Mets that could kind of either traded all their young players or they're up in the bigs already. With a rebuilding slash retooling team, they are not all in the bigs yet. So what do we have with Boston? Um, We have a few guys. Um, There's um one that I definitely think we will see at some point this year is Sedane Raffaella. Um, he, I think he got up to double A last year. Um, But he's definitely more better for defense, but he also brings a little bit of pop and some speed, which is kind of interesting. And the outfield is kind of sketchy. Um, so we could definitely uh, see him. He was added to the 40 man roster this, this winter. So he definitely, they don't have to make a roster move. So that is good. Um, let's see who else. Um, oh, um, there's two pitchers, uh, Brandon Walter and Chris Murphy. Uh, they're two lefties. Walter has really, really amazing um, strikeouts, like throughout his time in in the in the minors. And I definitely could see him getting a bit of run. Um, so maybe in like redraft leagues, you know, he could have like a good two step or something like that. And same way with Chris Murphy. Um, you know, just they're kind of kind of okay. Um, but I think that's really about it, to be honest. Oh, oh, uh, second baseman, Emmanuel Valdez. I think roster resource actually has him like on the bench right now. Yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, he came over in the Christian Vasquez, uh, trade from Houston. Um, he's a decent hitter, a really bad defender. So I don't know really where he, where his future actually is, but you know, from, if you need like some batting average, like, uh, you know, on the waiver wire, he could be someone interesting. Um, Marcelo Mayer, Meyer, Mayer um, who they drafted last year, obviously he'll probably start the year in double A. It looks like how long do you think we see him? Is it, is it 2024 or is it 2025? Do you think? Cause I'm imagining they're going to want to get them there quickly. Um, I, I think it's going to be kind of, I think it's going to be next year, but it's going to be like the Corbin Carroll, uh, Gunnar Henderson type of thing, you know, last month of the season. That's what I think. Exactly. Unless he really pops off, which it, I really hope that he does, but yeah. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. But it's like one of those where they're at, why rush it thing. So yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. One last question, fun question, off the wall question. Okay. So for those that follow Shelly on Twitter, there's these two amazing dogs. 
We know this. <laughs> or Solo and Soto. Like pictures come out all the time. I love dogs. So like I like they're always doing some. She gets them in great angles and pictures, and they're they're up to something that feels like all the time, besides sleeping. So my question for you, and I, I have like a couple of hunches that I don't know. Um, obviously you name them after baseball related things. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Someday when you get a third dog, do oh. you have a um a name picked out because you mentioned a couple of players here that you seem like you really like, so maybe they're linked to this. Maybe I'm wrong. Do you even have one picked yet? Uh, yeah, me and my husband have picked out a name for our third Frenchie whenever he comes. Um, it's going to be Vado for Joey oh, Vado because your husband's a Reds fan. There you go. Yep. That's fair. That's fair. Yep. See, that's that's love, people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, just for fun, you're on the spot. Does Vado bounce back this year? Like, what are we doing here? I don't think so. It was because I was like, it was, I I was so bought in because I'm a humongous fan of his, uh, but Mm -hmm. he just tanked. But I don't, I think the last time I heard that he's not like swinging yet. I think he's playing chess. I saw that. He's in a chess league. Well, good for him, but yeah, no, no. <laughs> he, he a, he's like, there was TikTok on Twitter or something, and he was taking the uh train to his weekly chess league. And I'm like, hmm, <laughs> interesting. And he went to Brazil and got a tattoo. I saw that. Like, okay, he's having like he's like in the retired life, but he's gonna come to spring training, so I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> but that's Joey Votto in a nutshell, too, exactly. exactly. So who knows? <laughs> But I'm just curious. Like, I love the man. I know you do. Like, who doesn't? If you like baseball, like, I hope he's the commissioner of baseball someday. That'd be oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Like, baseball being a great place, but I don't know if that'll ever happen because, you know, money. Yep. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that goes. But, Shelly, before we uh, head on out of here, it's been a pleasure. Um, remind everybody where they can find you and what work you got coming up. Yeah. Um, I want to thank you for having me on. This was this was really fun. Um, we both, as as fans, have had rough all season. So it was just fun to just kind of just kind of just just talk. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can find me on, on, uh, Twitter, uh, Shelly V underscore six, four, three. Um, I write a little bit at baseball HQ and NBC sports edge. Hey everybody check it out. If you don't follow her for some weird reason, you should, um, cause, uh, it's always good stuff. Great writer, great fantasy stuff there. Like I said, she beat me good in DFS and I do a DFS show every day of the week. So like, uh, doesn't mean anything to say I can talk. doesn't mean anything, but, uh, She's very, very good at what she does. So go check that out and uh, make sure you follow her on Twitter again at Shelly V underscore 643. Shelly, it was a pleasure. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Everybody, this was Bench with Bubba, your Red Sox team preview. Catch you guys next time. <laughs>